The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. All right. Uh, just took my relief factor a few minutes ago, so I'm ready and raring to go uh, for the program. If you don't know what relief factor is, you should. If you're somebody who experiences daily pain, uh, inflammation is really what gets us. Uh, and uh, this is a 100% drug-free created by doctors. Um, and it, it, its main goal is to reduce inflammation in the body. And I will tell you that I have uh, pain that's sometimes uh, crippling. And uh, just a year ago, couldn't live this way anymore. Out of desperation, because I don't believe in, you know... Oh, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, natural. Really? <laughs> Give me something from Dow Chemical. Uh, <laughs> and it works. I've been taking it for a year now, and I've seen a great reduction in pain. It's relieffactor.com. Try it for three weeks. It's a quick start. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month, because it works. Relieffactor.com. Get your life back. Go to relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. I feel a little like I did in 2007. And for anybody who has been listening to me for a long time, you uh, hopefully remember, uh, you know, what that felt like and uh, what we don't want to face again. We are headed toward real economic trouble. And uh, we have a window of time to accomplish an awful lot of things. Let's start with Terrafageddon here. It's not going away. Uh, the tariffs, I don't know what this is, but it's it's not helpful. We have been so fixated on the never-ending stream of breaking news that we are not seeing now the major economic storm that is coming, and it is already over the horizon. We are in a trade war, and I don't think we've begun to see the full effects of the fallout yet. This war has just started. The bombs have barely begun to drop, And we're about to start seeing the casualties. And unfortunately, we are scrambling more fighters. Let's not forget what tariffs really are, America. They are. They are not hurting or punishing the Chinese government. They're not. They're not hurting or punishing the European Union or Canada. They are hurting you because tariffs actually would be more aptly described with another T word, and that is tax. It is a tax on you. And there is nothing conservative about this policy. This is about as progressive and big government as you get. Ronald Reagan said it best. Quote, government's view of the economy would be summed up in a few short phrases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. And if it stops moving, subsidize it. When the Trump administration's tariffs hurt America's farmers, he subsidized with $12 billion in handouts. This is not the American way. They never needed a handout before this ridiculous trade war began. Now they're being forced to live off the government, to rely on the government, to continue their own business. There is nothing conservative about any of this. Now, according to the Tax Foundation, this trade war will result in nearly 300,000 jobs lost. 
Yesterday, General Motors, the nation's largest car company, announced dramatic downsizing, halting production at multiple plants and closing them in the U.S. and Canada. Over 8,000 white-collar jobs are being eliminated. More than 6,000 factory jobs gone. Over 14,000 people in total will lose their livelihoods. Oh, and did I mention that back in July, GM announced that the administration's trade war would cost the company $1 billion. Now let's stick with American cars for just a second. News from Tesla came out this morning. They have announced their sales in China have fallen 70%. Why? Because we're in a trade war. And China is taxing the crap out of everything American. 70% market share in the world's largest emerging market? Are we insane? Elon Musk said he's now weeks away. Just a few weeks away of bad sales before they close the doors. Apple also had its stock in free fall. 20% over the last three months. As of this morning, they lost another 2%. Why? Because the president told the Wall Street Journal that he's considering slapping a tariff on iPhones. If you want to buy an iPhone, you might want to buy one right now. Because you may not be able to afford one soon. President said we can all afford an extra 10% on our iPhone. No, Mr. President, we can't. Tariffs as they stand right now are bad, but it looks like they're going to go even higher. But right now, they're costing Americans over $40 billion. That is more money than Obamacare's tax bill of $34 billion. That is $915 for every American, $2,400 per household. And if the tariffs stay in place, it will cost you $17,300 by 2030 tariffs are a tax and they are a tax on you americans are already starting to lose their jobs please mr president please stop with the tariffs the workers of america are begging you stop with the tariffs it's tuesday November 27th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. It's only going to get worse uh, with layoffs. There's a couple of things that are going on right now. Um, If you look, the top-selling sedans in America, the Camry, the Honda Civic, the Honda Accord, Toyota Corolla, the Nissan Altima, uh, the Sentra, and they're all Japanese. Americans are not buying sedans anymore from from gm and and from american car companies so what are they going to do the president says you have to keep these jobs here you better open those plants back up since when do we want the federal government mandating what companies do we don't want that So we have a problem that nobody is buying American sedans anymore. Okay, so the car companies do what they should do, and that is retool. Let's make sure we're just, we're going to concentrate on trucks and SUVs because that's what we sell. Okay, 
Sounds like a good business plan. If I have stock in GM, I'm probably okay with this move. If I'm working at GM, I'm not cool with this move. But if I want GM to continue, I want them to cut expenses so we don't have to bail them out again or they close their doors. The problem is the largest shareholder of GM is the labor union. What are they going to do? As a shareholder, what are they going to do? So American car makers can't compete, and we're giving up that segment of the market. Now, more job losses are probably coming, and not from necessarily GM. But right now, we are producing 3.4 million vehicles per year than we need. We are producing too many vehicles. GM is about 1 million of that 3.2. So that means if factories run their most efficient when they're at top performance, reduce the size of the factories. Also, these steel tariffs have cost the industry billions of dollars, roughly $700 million in higher prices at GM alone. They said a billion dollars. The number is probably closer to 700 billion. I'm sorry, uh, 700 million. Ford is also saying they're getting out of the car business. By 2020, Ford has said they will no longer sell the Fiesta, the Taurus, the Fusion, or Focus in North America. Only the Mustang and a crossover called Focus Active. Tesla, he says, within single-digit weeks of death. 70% decline of sales in China alone. Uh, the guy who uh, was uh, the CEO of Nissan that merged or tried to make the merger with uh, Renault, he's now in jail. Fiat Chrysler struggling. Their, their CEO died. They never achieved the merger with GM. Volkswagen has set aside $30 billion to cover costs associated with Dieselgate. The car companies are not in good shape. So what's going to happen? Well, as we told you on this program about a year ago, we had the uh, former uh, chair of the board of GM on. He said GM is a different company by 2030. It's not making cars. It's making fleets. And you can call them cars. You can call them pods. But the car as we know it, is going to change over the next 12 years. And GM is trying to get ahead of the curve. So now what do we do? Do we have a government that tells a private industry exactly what they have to do and what they have to make? Or do we have a private industry making the cuts that they need to make? Because we always say, why are we bailing these people out? They're too big to fail. Well, here they are saying we've got to cut or we're going to hemorrhage to death and there'll be nothing left, which would put America back in the seat of we got to bail out GM. Do you want the government designing cars? The answer is no. Do you want the government dictating how they build them, where they build them, when they build them, what they buy to build them? The answer is no. This is just the beginning, and the tariffs are not helping. 
In fact, they're making things much, much worse. I would tend to agree with this. We've uh, seen tariff rates about double since Trump took office, um, which is pretty amazing. I mean, really, uh, you know, it, that this battle had been won. I mean, even Obama didn't try to really go crazy with He did it a couple times. And again, same thing, failed massively. We're talking $900,000 per job, quote unquote, saved in the tire industry when he tried it with tires. Um, but we've gone up to 3.2% from 1.6. So, I mean, we were already ahead. We already had higher tariffs before. Before Trump started all this, we had higher tariffs than places like Canada and Australia. Um, we now have risen all the way up to about where China is. Um, and the proposals where he wants to go, this this next level of tariffs uh, with China would put us above Mexico, more protectionist than Mexico. Um, and uh, w- the policies he's proposed, if implemented, would bring us up higher than every other industrialized nation in the world. The only one really, if you want to talk about major nations that would even be competitive with us, the only ones even close to us would be Pakistan. Um, everything else were mm. way, way above. The only countries that are really mm. ahead of us are places like Bermuda and the Bahamas, isolated sort of island nations that have very specific circumstances. But again, I, these are bad policies. We, you know, China also has much higher taxes than the United States. We don't want to chase their tax rates. Um, it, it is a, again, like the president's done a lot of good things, and we've brought them up a million times. The, uh, the economy has been helped by some of these policies. This, this is the reverse of it. It's, this it's is working. one of those times that if you support the president, you need to beg him to get off tariffs. You need to rise up and beg him to get off of tariffs. He believes this to the core of his being. It's, yeah. one, it's the only thing I thought he would implement. I didn't think he would do all of the good things that he had done. I knew he would do this because this is consistent through his life. Yeah, he all, believes in tariffs. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that Trump is, you know, before he got, uh, before this last run, he had bounced back and forth between parties and things like that. Yeah. He never changed this position, though. Never. He was always never. very consistent on, on his belief that, you know, protectionist uh, policies when it comes to trade are a good idea. Because um, he only sees, he only sees winning and losing. He only sees scores. And so when you look at the you look at the quote trade imbalance, he sees that as a score. We're losing. But it's not a score. It's not. No. It, it's 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 not a bad thing. And if you're trying to correct that, I advise him to look at the scoreboard because the score, if you're scoring it the way he does, is getting worse. Yeah, the trade imbalance is increasing with through this time. And by the way, that is a function of his success. Donald Trump's economic policies, uh, along with the capitalist economy in general, has been doing well. When the United States economy does well, we have a higher trade imbalance. That goes back decades. Look, the only time we've decreased in any significant way our trade imbalance over the past 30 years was the economic crisis of 2008. Our trade imbalance went all the way, almost all the way back to zero. Do we want to replicate that policy? If you look at the chart of our trade imbalance and you flip it upside down, it almost exactly uh, matches the state of the economy. When it's it's exact reverse to each other. When tariffs or when uh, trade imbalance gets quote unquote worse, we have a better economy. And when the trade imbalance gets quote unquote better, we have a worse economy. This is this is I mean it's 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 an unfortunate part of his belief system. I I mean I know he seems to really understand taxes when it comes uh, to the economy in general in the United States. The same things 
are in play when you talk about globally. Well, We're getting hit with these tax increases. It's hurting the economy. And I mean, you go through and look, look at the numbers. They're still small enough that this doesn't have to destroy what he's accomplished. But if he keeps going down this road, it will destroy it. It's, it, it's it exponential. Was, when it, it comes was a to little terrifying what he said yesterday um, <laughs> about uh, how hard he's going to hit uh, China. And that will mean, you know, 10 to 20 percent on Apple products. It, this is just a disaster. Yeah, you you, you got to stop. And he was talking about it being a negotiating tactic. He got his NAFTA re- renegotiation and kept all those tariffs on anyway. He just really believes this, and I don't know what's going to dissuade him of it. All right. Our sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe. This is the best product that you can get for your home or for your business to protect yourself, to protect your loved ones, uh, to protect the, the house when you're gone all day or your business when you're gone all night. Right now, you can get a great deal for the holidays. I've never really seen them do this before, but they want to say thank you for a great run and a great 2018. Simply Safe has come up with a special now for the holidays that I really want you to check out. Um, right now, uh, if you go and get Simply Safe, you can go to simplysafebeck.com. You're going to get the uh, uh, special holiday offer right now. I think it's, what is it, 25% off? It's some crazy amount. Um, it, the offer ends really soon, so please go to simplysafebeck.com. Save on your Simply Safe system at simplysafebeck.com. Best sale of the year happening right now. Simplysafebeck.com. Welcome to the program. So glad that you're here. We're going to be out this weekend, uh, Friday night. We're going to be in Tampa, Florida. You can get your tickets at glenbeck.com slash tour. And then Saturday, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida. It's a great show. Glenbeck Live, you don't want to miss it. Uh, Tampa and uh, Orlando this weekend. WFLA, the mothership. The mothership, where we began. Yeah, Where it all began. Great story in uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Times today about uh, you I love this. Glenn Beck was set to swim with sharks. It was a stunt, the kind of lo- the local radio DJs dream up to raise ratings or awareness of this cause or that. And, uh, and at the time, that's exactly what Glenn Beck was. A talk radio host still new to Tampa Bay about to dive into a tank at the Florida Aquarium live during afternoon drive Jeez. time. <laughs> so stupid. What the heck is wrong with me? He remembers thinking, what am I doing? Because I don't like swimming. I don't like water. And I certainly don't like sharks. Then four days before his dive, two planes crashed into the World Trade Center. Do you remember that? And this is amazing. Mm-hmm. This brings back a lot of memories. And everything changed for Glenn Beck, for America, and for Glenn, especially for Glenn Beck's America. It's you know, it, true. I mean, gosh, imagine if we could have just got you in there with the sharks. How much uh, better his life could have been. Could have been all over. Yeah. I, we did that because, remember, at the time, uh, shark attacks were the big news in mm-hmm. Florida. And we we're like, no, sharks are not attacking at a higher rate. This is just media hype. Blah, One of these blah, stories blah. every year. It's something right. like this. So, well, you remember it was, it was clowns a couple of years ago. Remember yeah, the clown yeah. scare? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so we were going to do this, and it was a fundraiser for something. And uh, it, you could, uh, you could uh, you know, basically bet on how many minutes I would stay in the tank with sharks. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting to throw up for like two weeks beforehand. I'm like, I, I barely swim. I don't like water at all. You don't seem like you'd be graceful in water. I'm not, just I, that's I'm not. a prediction. Have you ever have you ever been around sharks? 
Uh, no. Okay, so I, I was in, I don't know, the Bahamas or someplace, and you can actually swim with sharks, but they're nurse sharks. Okay, Now, nurse sharks could break your fingers, break your hand. They they don't have sharp teeth. They kind of they suck in their food. Okay. And so if you get your your fingers by their mouth at all, they can suck them in and just crush your fingers. Um, so they're not dangerous. They're just sharks. Mm-hmm. And they look like sharks. <laughs> and I went, I went scuba diving uh, and was swimming. And I, I was down with somebody. I panicked because you realize you're not graceful. They are. You're now in their territory. And you're flopping around on the sidewalk like they would be. You know what I mean? In the air. And all of a sudden, these things start coming towards you, and you realize I, I'm, there's no way I could get away from this. There's, no, I mean, I'm I'm toast. I am at the bottom of the food chain now. It's a really weird experience. Yeah, and you have no way of doing anything. No, it's just no, no control no. of your own life. And we were talking about swimming with the sharks with actual teeth. That's a good point. That we are going back to Tampa this week for the tour. No, Why not no, get you into that no, aquarium now? Let's get no, let's write this wrong. No, I don't you think know? so. Let's get you in Grab there. Grab your tickets now at glenbeck.com/tour. We'll see you in Tampa and Orlando this weekend. This is the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Pat Gray is joining us. I uh, <clears throat> I wanted to share this, guys, uh, with you. Um, I got this in. From uh, my sister, who saw this on a uh, Glenbeck group page, it said, uh, "Hello, all. I live in South Carolina, and I live with my mom, who has osteoporosis. Uh, my mom listens to Glenn and Pat and Stu. The boys get her through the life that she's currently living, which has been pretty hard. She has spinal fractures, and she has lost four inches in height. Ooh, wow! Holy cow!" Dang. Uh, she had a very successful cleaning business. She's always worked hard until she broke her elbow, and this isn't helping her mood at all. She sits uh, in the house now, and she listens to Pat every morning when he comes on and then stays glued to the TV uh, watching Glenn. She says, like the Messiah, which I don't think is blasphemous or really <laughs> inaccurate at no, all. No, no. Um, uh, if somebody could please get this post to him, uh, leave a comment from her. She's going through a very hard time right now. Uh, oh, but if you guys would uh, reply, I know it would make her feel a lot better. Uh, her name is Catherine. Catherine, we're thinking about you. Uh, I got this a couple of days ago. We've been praying for you. And uh, you and your daughter uh, are, are cherished listeners of ours. So thank you. Thank yeah, you very thank you. much. Thank you mm-hmm. for everything. Um, Pat Gray, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Uh, real quick, I want to preview something you had on your show today. We have coming up in hour number three. I don't even know what this is because it's all about sports. Have you it's seen the not, Have you seen though. the movie Concussion? Yeah, yeah. No, I haven't seen it, but I know it. Okay. Yeah, yeah really. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. However, it's a pretty one-sided telling of the concussion CTE story mm-hmm. in the NFL, and they blame the NFL for not doing what they should. Merrill, um, Merrill Hodge, who's, who was a running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had to retire early because of concussions. And you see the title of the, uh, uh, of the book, Brainwashed. Brainwashed, The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. It's really fascinating. And he's got a really good pathologist uh, with him uh, who helped him write the so book. So they're debunking this? Yeah. 
mm-hmm. really. And you're yeah, I mean, they, they don't disagree that it's a thing. They're just saying it's been blown way out of proportion. Okay. And that they and, you don't know because hundreds of people, uh, over 100 people who are not in sports, certainly not in football, ha- like one-year-olds to six-year-olds have been di- uh, diagnosed with CTE uh, post, you know, after death. Because that's the only time you can actually, you have to open up the brain to look at it. So you remember when I went in for uh, studies when they were trying Mm. to figure out what was wrong with me. And one of the things the doctors came in and said, uh, how many times have you been hit in the head? What are you, you know, what are you, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? You've been in severe car accidents. And I'm like, no. Oh, yeah, because your brain looked like it was concussed a lot. Concussed a lot. And I'm like, nothing. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. After I'm dead, you should pick through my brain. Right. And see if you have CTE. Yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's coming up in hour number three of this uh, broadcast today. You don't want to miss Super interesting. You don't. So what is what is on? Is the border or is it the jobs oh, or man. the tariffs? What is on your mind today? Uh, the border is always on my mind. Uh, I think it's just a, uh, an amazing situation that we're lied to every day uh, every in day. the media about. And they, they just don't care. I, I think the media borders on treason. I think it's such a problem. So wait them. a minute, wait, wait. You were you were a guy who said I don't like the I don't like the rhetoric of the press is an enemy of the right. people. No, right? I don't. But you're now kind of saying <laughs> I'm that. Now saying well, he said bordering. He didn't say he said he crossed the border. I mean, they are doing. <laughs> he's climbing the fence. Yeah, he's, of climbing, that border. he's climbing the fence. He's of that climbing border. <laughs> yes. All right. They are doing everything they can to deny reality. I know it's amazing. Everything they can, yeah. and to show it's amazing. Did you guys have the reporter? From MSNBC. Yeah, let's play this real quick. Here's uh, unreal. The, here's the. I, I tweeted out last night. This will be the last time you see this reporter on for sure. Listen to what he said. Because some people look at these images sure. and they listen to the president who says it's not women and children. It, it's stone cold criminals. So my first question is, you're in that tent camp. Besides that family, give us the profile of who is there mostly and what are they looking for? You're going to see a lot of families here, a lot of uh, women and children. Uh, but the, the truth is the majority of the people that are part of this caravan, especially outside, if we can make our way all the way over there, uh, we'll show you the majority of them are men. So uh, Wait, when what? this becomes a polarized political issue in the United States, you have people on one side uh, that point and say there are women and children here. And that is true. And then there are others who point and say uh, these are are men that, that are trying to cross the border and that's true too um from what we've seen the majority are actually men uh and the some majority. of these men have not articulated that need for asylum instead oh, huh. uh they have talked about you know going to the united states for a better life and to find work it's amazing Interesting. he actually said it yeah, I know. three times yeah that the majority are men. Now, I don't think anybody has ever denied that some children, women and children are no. there. I, I've no. never denied that. I've never denied it either. The vast majority, however, mm-hmm. are men. Yeah. And and did you hear how they are the these men are uh, were pushing the women and children to the front on yeah. the on the storming of the uh, the gates? Yes. They were actually Pushing the women and children. It's exactly what happens with Hezbollah uh, and uh, and uh, uh, what, Hamas. What's Hamas on mm-hmm. the Israeli border. Sure exactly is. Exactly the same thing. And the photo that you continually see when they rush the border like that and yeah. then had tear, ca- tear gas canisters fired at them. 
was a woman with two children, one on either side, mm-hmm. both in diapers. They're mm-hmm. five years old, but mm-hmm. for both whatever reason, they're in diapers. And that's the image that everybody shows to make you think, oh, my gosh, they're just firing tear gas randomly at women and children. Well, every other person, if you look in the background, <laughs> right. is a man. Gee, I can't believe the media found the woman with the children to take the picture of. What a, what a, what a bad luck streak where they wouldn't capture the whole story with their picture. It's so dishonest. And I think All it's hurtful it to, the, to the country. All of it is. Have you, seen the, have you seen any coverage on the protests in Tijuana? Uh, how about little, the, yeah, little, what Luis Alexis Mendoza, uh, a Mexican, said about these people? Here's what he here's what he shouted, uh, and a reporter actually from the Los Angeles Times heard him say, "This is an invasion." I love that. We demand respect. We demand that our laws be followed. Huh? Yeah. Wait, what? The mayor of Tijuana has been wearing a "Make Tijuana Great Again" hat. Oh try, try this on. Let's, let's, <laughs> listen, this is pretty funny. This is Patricia Reyes. She's a 62-year-old Mexican protester. Uh, she said, "We want the caravan to go. They're invading us. They should have come to Mexico correctly, legally, but they came in like animals." This is a Mexican resident. Uh, the demonstrators held signs, no illegals, no to the invasion. Amazing. Um, have you seen any of this on TV? No, they don't show it. They Tijuana, do not show it. The mayor said Tijuana <laughs> is a place that welcomes anyone, but you have to have papers. You must identify yourself. Wait, w- you want to your sovereignty respected? Why? I don't understand. <gasps> we work hard in Tijuana. We don't get handouts. The government wow. shouldn't be giving these things to migrants when there are plenty of Mexicans in a t- difficult position. Uh, much of the protesters said the migrants should be detained and deported. Uh <laughs> Uh, the mayor also said, um, I would dare say that not all of them are migrants. Sure, there are some good people in the caravan, but there are many that are bad. <laughs> huh. What a hater. What he a then, xenophobe. He then said human rights are only for upstanding humans. I don't, <laughs> know, if, uh, I don't know if that's true. That's but. not true. Uh, he's, uh, Christian Mendez, a Honduran traveling with his girlfriend, said i'm not sure what we're going to do we all know we want to request asylum but we haven't heard but we have heard about the list we don't know how long it's going to take we don't know how long there will be for uh, be food for us to eat the tijuana mayor also said tijuana is a city of immigrants but we don't want them in this way huh so you want them to come legally, legally perhaps huh. sure it's weird uh he said it was different with the haitians they carried papers they were in order. It wasn't a horde. Pardon the expression. An, an invasion? <laughs> pardoned. You've been pardoned. <laughs> it's, it's, it's truly amazing. If you were, uh, well, for instance, I about lost my mind yesterday with uh, Ms. Cortez and her Holocaust oh. comparisons. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then Rihanna uh, calling it terrorism because we fired canisters of tear gas. Okay. Everybody who feels that way should have to accept two dozen of these migrants into their home permanently. 
<laughs> I don't know. If that's, <laughs> that's what they're asking here's America the to here's, do. Here's what I think. It's is, our home. Here's what I think is very, very reasonable. Uh, um, you don't think just, two dozen is reasonable? No, not necessarily. She's got an eleven thousand square foot house. Here's what I would be happy with. We just go back into your Twitter feed and we find all of the times that you were outraged when the Obama administration was tear gassing people on the border. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't find it? Shut up. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, go back in your Twitter feed when you were outraged that President Obama put people in cages. Can't find it. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I am clear. Mm-hmm. I was against that uh, when it was happening. I was talking about it to when the it point was where we went down to the border and yeah. brought uh, the kids Christmas presents. Yeah, right. So and said, go home now. Yeah, go home. I mean, yeah. um, the other thing is I cannot take I cannot take the lecturing from the left on the jews and the oh uh, man and the st louis that was turned away excuse me they were going to an extermination camp that's that's what fate uh, had in store for them if if you want to talk to me about uh, asylum then tell me that you have been leading the charge for the christians and the yazidis who are being exterminated and enslaved. Oh, but nobody mm. can talk about having helped those people. No. Yeah, right. Well, <clears throat> yeah, we can. Um, they, they don't, they've never said anything about that's, that's an actual refugee. Uh, how about mm-hmm. Asia Bibi? Are you talking about bringing her in? Because she's, she is currently in hiding in her own country because she will not say, I reject my faith and I accept Islam. Nobody's taking her. She's being passed around from country to country, and nobody's taking her. Where are you on that? If you have said yes to those two things and you're on record, well, then let's talk about let's talk about the immigration status of these people because I know you're an honest broker. No one in the media is an honest broker on this. No one. And obviously, Pat's uh, two dozen people uh, for Rihanna to take in is a little ridiculous. I would advocate uh, one per thousand square feet of your home. Okay, so, so for you're 11, talking for 11. Her, she would take 11. in 11. <laughs> <if> you... <laughs> See, it's not 12. It's not 12. It's, it's ridiculous. not 12. So, you know, yes. Two yeah. dozen? Yeah. You're right, Stu. I was a little silly. Yeah. 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 Let's, Eleven. Let's, can we come to a common sense yes, ground in the middle where, right. where Rihanna just accepts <laughs> 11 migrants? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Pack Ray Unleashed uh, on the Blaze Radio and TV Network. You can also get it on the podcast as well. Welcome to the program. So glad you're here. Um, we're going to take the media part uh, piece by piece on the uh, Mexican thing uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Also, also tonight, uh, we're going to provide some uh, clear uh, evidence of who is now funding and who is now behind some of this. Uh, we've, we've found... We found it through a couple of sources, but we were interested to find that even the New York Times reported on this today, although they didn't mention any connection to George Soros, strangely enough, but they did provide us with the organizing uh, NGO. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. The we'll whole... have all of that tonight at five o'clock only in the blaze. Yeah, you want beginning to end all the background, all the history, all of this with the caravan. Tonight is the show to watch. This is the, all of it. This is the show that I think uh, shows you who has credibility mm-hmm. because we are absolutely consistent on all of it, on all of it. We never said that George Soros was involved in this. We said we doesn't appear to be, 
We don't have any evidence of it. We have no evidence of it. Mm -hmm. However, once they hit Mexico City, these organizations have said that they're going to get involved and we'll look for that. Well, we did. There they are. They're now the organizing committee and it's George Soros money. We're going to take it all apart for you tonight at five and we're going to give a quick little preview of it coming up in just a second. Uh, in next hour, I, they made the I made the mistake of watching CNN a little bit this morning, and they they are still treating the migrant caravan as if it's this fever dream of the president. It's like the head the headline in the New York Times today, the story you're talking about: no clear end to chaos as migrants confront U.S. border. And it goes through and talks about how there's not a caravan there. Of course not. There are four caravans on their way there, with as many as ten thousand total members. Uh, and it goes through the details of this. It is not a fever dream. It's not some crazy thing. It obviously wasn't an election issue. We we're past the election. And they're still we're still talking about it because it was a real issue before. It was a real issue before Donald Trump. It was a real issue now. It's It's been a real issue this entire time. Conservatives have cared about it the entire time. We've been consistent on it. And the, and the fact that you want to come out here and just make it seem like this is some crazy, uh, you know, uh, fever dream of the president of the United States, it's ridiculous. You're denying reality. You're denying reality. You're denying reality. And we'll see how far the, down the rabbit hole uh, we really are. But I, I, I'm sorry, I don't see the average American. I don't see the average person who's losing their job at GM denying the reality of what an open border would really mean. They're on the losing end of this, and they're exposing themselves, and I think it's tremendous. We'll help them expose it next. We want to talk to you a little bit about home title lock. Uh, This is something that FBI says is huge. It is fastest growing crime, and you need to prepare for it. Yeah, there's really only a way to do this, too, which is hometitlelock.com. Uh, the FBI has been all over this, but you know they can't. They're going to protect you after this happens. This is not something they're going to get involved with, uh, you know, until you're dealing with it. And when you're dealing with it, your life is upside down. Uh, you are out hundreds of thousands of dollars. You are in a situation where you're going through the courts and dealing with government and trying to get these things reversed. You do not want to be involved in unwinding this process. Stop it before it starts. Home title fraud is something where you know these thieves they get a control of your documents. They can transfer the title to their name. They can. Uh, is take out a home equity loan um, under your name, and then you get stuck with the payments. Why not take a few pennies a day and give it to Home Title Lock? Because then they can put that barrier around your home title and mortgage. Uh, When they detect tampering, they're there to help shut it down. Um, If you've already uh, had this happen to you, you want to make sure that you're aware of it, and you can start fighting back right away. They have a $100 search that is absolutely free to make sure you're not already a victim. When you sign up at HomeTitleLock.com, it's your biggest investment. It's your nest egg. It's a big part of the American dream. Uh, your home. you got to protect it. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Uh, I've signed up for it. Glenn has signed up for it as well. Uh, it's it, a big, it makes a big difference. You need this. You really do need this. Uh, HomeTitleLock.com. Glenn Beck. Well, no one was hurt on Sunday by the tyranny of the tear gas from the U.S. Border Patrol agents against the helpless Central American babies that were just there. Uh, We don't know, but we don't know how they got there. We don't know why they were five and still in diapers, but it happened. They were just innocently trying to break through the border fence. That's all they were trying to do. No injuries were reported, but we have the next best thing. We have photos that write headlines for us. Here's a couple of samples for you. Photograph of children in diapers fleeing tear gas at border sparks anger. Or this, 
These children are barefoot in diapers, choking on tear gas. Yes, that's the evil U.S. empire. The Israel of the Americas, dare I say it. If we can't catch mothers and children to lock them up in cages, well, then we just have to do all we can to tear gas them. At least that's the convenient narrative when you don't care about reporting on the complicated truth of the situation. And actually, media, it ain't that complicated. You have an agenda. It was just peace-loving migrants having a peaceful protest against the mean old bully Uncle Sam who dares to enforce his own laws about entering the country. How dare him? So did we target babies with tear gas, or was there another underreported reality? Well, here is the chief U.S. patrol agent, Rodney Scott. He was there. Here's what he said. I kind of challenged that this was a peaceful protest um, or that the majority of these people were claiming asylum. Uh, We ended up making about 42 arrests. Only eight of those were females, and there were only a few children involved. The vast majority of the people we're dealing with are adult males. Similar to what we saw uh, the first wave of the caravan that came up about a week or so ago, uh, the group immediately started throwing rocks and debris at at our agents, taunting the agents. Once our agents were assaulted, and the numbers started growing. We had you know, two or three agents at a time initially facing hundreds of people at a time. Uh, they deployed tear gas to protect themselves and to protect the border. Yeah, it doesn't really click with the Trump tear gassing baby story, does it? I mean, there are photos. Well, there is a photo. What if I told you this whole border rushing incident wasn't really all that unique? What if I told you that hmm, the gas, the tear gassing, uh, you know, that's not that unique. Exact, in fact, exactly five years ago on Sunday, November 25th, five years ago, there were some migrants that rushed the border fence at the same crossing point. Those migrants also threw rocks and bottles at U.S. border agents under Barack Obama. Those agents also responded by firing pepper spray back at the mob. Oh, wait a minute. And that was for 100. This was for a 1,000. Yet there were no cameras there, no embedded reporters, no sackcloth and ashes headlines. There are pictures. We have them. Nobody's been interested in seeing them. In fact, nobody's still interested in seeing them in the mainstream media. There's no concern about the then-President Obama allowing such a barbaric response to innocent asylum seekers. Well, it's just that our priorities have changed since then, I guess. I wonder how that happened. The photos and, of course, focus on mothers and children is an attempt by the media to distill a very complex situation into an easy-to-swallow outrage pill. Don't take it, because we can tell you the facts. The media will not. They could, but they will not. So let's look into this just a little deeper, shall we? It's Tuesday, November 27th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, I just, just want to hit a couple of things. This is what the media has said. This is what the media claimed. Uh, this is uh, what the media is still claiming. And let me just take it piece by piece. First of all, the tear gas. We just 
we just gave you that. This is exactly the cages. Everybody was outraged that Donald Trump had cages. Well, no, they were built by the Obama administration. In fact, Obama had twice as many children in cages than Donald Trump did. He was actually reducing the number from its high under Barack Obama. Same thing with the gassing. We have pictures. Hmm. That was only for 100 people. Wow, if they were out of control with a thousand, they were ten times out of control uh, uh, with uh, with a hundred. I mean, that's crazy. They only had a hundred back in Obama, and he just threw the tear gas. We have to be a welcoming country because we are we are a welcoming, and they are not going to come and push the fences down or climb the walls. Remember, Jim Acosta said, Mr. President, you showed in your campaign uh, video of protesters uh, climbing walls and pushing down fences, and that was racist. No, Jim, that wasn't. That was this group of people entering Mexico. That's what that was. President never said that. But that's what that was. Well, then Jim Acosta says, well, but they're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. They're probably not even going to make it. Well, they did. Shockingly, how did they get here so fast? Because you were right. They were hundreds and hundreds of miles away. And many of them, as you pointed out, were barefoot. Wow, barefoot. And you made it weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. You must be superhuman or have some assistance from someone. No, 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 no. These are just good people. They're not going to be climbing the walls. Yes. Well, they did. They're not going to be trying to storm the gates. Well, yes, they just did. They're not invaders. When you're a racist for even saying that. Well, wait a minute. Uh, That's what Mexicans who were in the streets in Mexico yesterday protesting protesting their government's response to the migrants which is just this you're gonna stay here until the americans process you they don't like that they don't like that at all why should we be paying for these people they didn't come in peacefully they didn't come in the right way well wait a minute so are you are the mexicans racist against other hispanics Or are they just making a point of law and order? Well, they're only talking about this because of the election. That's what CNN said before the election. Well, we're talking about it now. And so what election are we playing for? Wrong again. Uh, No Soros connection. You're an anti-Semite if you even bring up Soros' name. Well, uh, I don't know. You might be an anti-Semite if you like Soros or don't like Soros. Uh, Talking about Soros does not make you an anti-Semite, either good or bad. Anti-Semitism is hating Jews. That's what that's all about. I don't hate Jews. You know, I, I have this really weird thing. I think you should get to know people and judge them on the content of their character. Then you can hate them for real legitimate reasons. Why would you just lump everybody in? This is not a difficult distinction. It's if really you not. hate Jews because they're Jews, you're an anti-Semite. 
If you, you hate, hate one specific Jew because of his actions unrelated to him being Jewish, or as he seems to claim now an atheist, yeah, uh, then uh, then yeah, you're, you're not, not a Jewish. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not anti-Semite. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, we could have told you that George Soros was behind this whole thing. We could have. We didn't. In fact, we said there's no evidence that we can find any evidence that George Soros is involved. Now, you could assume because George Soros himself wrote in a Wall Street Journal piece, uh, an op-ed piece, that he was going to spend $500 million on migrant issues. $500 million. Okay, well, maybe he was talking just solely about the European migrants. Maybe that was it. But you could have assumed that some of it was going to go to the migrants here. But we didn't. You could assume that he or his organizations would be funding this based on the fact that they finance the NGOs that organize the April caravan. But we didn't assume we said no evidence that those people are involved at this time. However, we have heard that once they reach Mexico, if they reach Mexico, then this organization will step in. But that is just what we've heard. They have not stepped in. Well, today it's interesting that you open up the New York Times and the New York Times is quoting the organizing uh, organization the ngo my gosh it's the same ngo that was not the organizing ngo at the beginning but is now the organizing ngo and it's the same one that organized the rally the uh, caravan in april funded by george soros you won't find the george soros connection in the new york times because they're all scared to death of him but they do point out that they were the ones who organized the caravan last spring. Yeah, they do point they that do out. They do point that out. All they don't do is just say, and where do you get a lot of your financing? Oh, George Soros organizations. Okay. <sighs> then we get to these. We have to be a welcoming country, especially for women and children. Okay. I like consistency. I like consistency of thought. Chaos is, is, is not a way to run a country, not a way to run a life. Consistency of thought. If one of your thoughts is inconsistent with another one of your thoughts, one of them is wrong. Or you are deciding to live in conflict. Okay? Because they should all come together. Sometimes they don't, i.e. quantum mechanics. We have to live in that state of, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would make sense because it violates all the things we thought, but we don't know. I can handle that kind of chaos because you're still searching for the answer. Not when you have the answer. For instance, we must take in women and children who are persecuted. Really? Okay. I believe that. But do you? 
Because if you do believe that today, could you please show me your Twitter account where you were talking about the women and children who are Christians and Yazidis who have been crucified, tortured, raped up to 20 times a day. Can you please show me where you said we must take these people in? Because the Nazarene Fund has been saying that for a while. We have thousands of people that have gone to other countries, including Australia. Australia has been an amazing country. You know how many the United States has taken? One. One. These people face death, constant rape, slavery, beheadings. We've taken one. When Ocasio-Cortez said yesterday, oh, this is like the Jews. No, it's not. No, the Christians the Christians, that's like the Jews. That's like the Jews, the Christians in the Middle East, and you're turning them away. You want another example? How about the Uyghurs? Remember the Uyghurs that we turned over to China? We turned them over to China. They were facing execution. We don't have to make this about, we don't have to make this just about uh, uh, Christians or Yazidis or atheists. Let's make this about Muslims. Can you show me your tweet and your Twitter feed where you are standing up to China and helping expose the one million Muslims that have been rounded up in China merely for being Muslim? If you can show me your Twitter feed, I can have an honest conversation with you because I'll show you mine. But if you only care about women and children today... If you're only caring about the migrants and the oppressed and the, oh, the huddled masses yearning to breathe free today, you have no credibility. You have an agenda. You have an agenda. If you really cared about them, we'd see that action through your own words and works over a long period of time. Now, everybody can change. So if you want to join us with the Nazarene Fund today, you can because those people are enslaved, enslaved. We're breaking them out. We have a guy today. You want to talk about Central America and South America? We have a guy today that broke up a, a, a sex trafficking slavery operation. He is testifying in this country wearing a bulletproof vest on the airplane all week. Until he gets off, he has to testify against this ring. They are very, very powerful. Please pray for him. He could lose his life because he was freeing slaves in countries like Honduras. If you would like to have some credibility, join us because we're freeing those people. You have no credibility. You only have a political agenda. Well, they're looking for asylum. No, according to NBC's reporter, no, no, many of them are not. In fact, most of them are not. It, according to the, uh, the Border Patrol, no. All they have to do is come to the border, raise their hands and say, we need asylum. That's what you have to do to get asylum. You know who tells you that you don't have to get asylum, that you can't do that and get asylum here in America? You know who says that? Drug dealers, the cartels that are making money on uh, being human mules. 
the people who are making money smuggling people across our border. They're the ones that tell people, oh, no, you can't just cross the border and say you want asylum. They're the ones. Oh, well, and the media and the left and all of the organizers for the left. They're the ones saying that to people. The truth is, all you have to do is come with your arms raised up and say, I need asylum and you will be processed. And I'm sorry that there is a process, but the New York Times uh, headline says it all today. Quote, no clear end to chaos as migrants confront U.S. border. What have I told you for the last seven years would be the word that you need to look for. And you'll know where to stand on the issue when you see this word. Because it is the author of everything that is happening trying to destroy the West. The word is chaos. Chaos. Anything that adds to chaos is not good. Thank you, New York Times. No clear end to chaos as migrants confront the U.S. border. For anyone who is in doubt, chaos. That is the objective of everyone who is trying to take the West apart. Create chaos. It's all in their own words. You didn't know that? You should read Addicted to Outrage, because I outline it there clearly. By the way, we're going to be in Tampa, Florida uh, and Orlando, Florida this weekend. Make sure you grab your tickets now at glenbeck.com slash tour. We'll see you this weekend. All right. Secret Service has issued a warning that crooks are using the identity of the the United States Postal Service with their informed delivery service to commit identity theft and credit card fraud schemes uh, schemes. What happens is you sign up, say, I want to see what mail's coming in. Well, the scammers are hacking into that system. And they're seeing, oh, you've got a credit card delivery coming. And then they go and they pull it out of your incoming mail before you get there. This is happening now. And the the scams are only getting more sophisticated and uh, and the volume is going up. The only people that really I trust to protect you and me, LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. Now with the power of Norton Security to prevent you, uh, prevent your systems from being hacked and your identity from being stolen, it is LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK right now and get 15% off your first year. It's LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Glenn Beck. We're going to go through what uh, you have to go through if you're seeking asylum. Uh, it's horrendous. It's it's almost it's seriously. It's it's almost uh, uh, Takamata uh, and the in- Inquisition. It is. It's wow. almost that, mm-hmm. uh, except not at all. Um, we're going to go through that coming up in just a second. Also, I want to talk to you about looking for a lighthouse. Uh, in these times and what that means and how you can identify a lighthouse for a safe harbor because things are going to get more and more difficult especially because I believe I feel the same way I felt in 2007 the economy is truly on the edge and we're seeing bad signs
You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be in uh, Tampa and Orlando this weekend. You can find your tickets at glennbeck.com slash tour Friday in Tampa, Saturday in Orlando. And uh, and David Barton is going to be joining us. He's going to be doing, you know, probably uh, 10 minutes or so before he's got a, a really cool presentation to make. Uh, but I'm also asking him to bring something. One thing really, really cool about history uh, that he can uh, he can leave you with before the show starts, and that is on Friday and Saturday, Tampa and Orlando. It's a great show, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Bring your uh, bring your families, and if you if you would like to come, uh, I have uh, a couple of tickets for each show. If you want to go to Tampa or Orlando, just call us now eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. You'll go as my uh, as my guest eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Call now. All right. I want to talk about a couple of things, um, and it involves it involves not only the border, but it also involves the economy, really everything. Uh, as I explain in the uh, in the book, Addicted to Outrage, chaos is our enemy. Anything at all that that is that helps chaos helps foster chaos. You've got to get away from it. it you we have to be stable people. So you're looking for a lighthouse. If you can, you want to be the lighthouse. Now, what does a lighthouse do? A lighthouse is on solid footing. It never, ever moves. It is an alert to the boats as they are approaching rocks, rocks ahead, trouble ahead. It is also a way to navigate when the storms are really bad and you can't see anything or if you're all twisted around and the storm has tossed your vessel and you don't know which way is north south east or west look for the lighthouse or look to the north star you need a polar star you need a lighthouse better yet be one for someone else now how do you know what a lighthouse is stability without chaos yes well the light is going off and on no but if you time it it's making a circle and it's coming back exactly the same amount of time every time there's no chaos in that yes it's blinking off on off on but it's exactly the same time no chaos it's never ever moving you are So you're looking for stability. Stability in what? In principles. Principles are so critical today. For instance, on the border, were you against the gassing this week? Great. Will you speak out? And did you speak out against the gassing that was happening? We have the pictures uh, under Obama. No. Okay. So you're not consistent. Well, I didn't know. Well, why not? Uh, yeah, about the cages. Were you against it then? No. Well, I didn't know. Well, you didn't want to know because I was trying to tell everybody. So if you and the media didn't know, that's your fault. That's your fault. Um, it, it, you have compassion when it hurts your cause. Have compassion. Are you compassionate when it hurts? You say you want refugees. Well, did you want the Christians? You know, Barack Obama made it easier if you're a woman and you were abused by your husband 
to come in and claim asylum. Well, how about the the rape slaves over in the Middle East? Are we are we even talking about them? And Christians don't get all high and mighty because are you talking about the Muslims that are being enslaved in China? You need a lighthouse needs to have the stability of, for instance, the Supreme Court is the well, it'll be answered by the Supreme Court because that's the law of the land until it rules against you. And then you're like, we've got to fight this. Well, we don't have to. We don't have to abide by that. My favorite is the ones on the left who say we have to abide by everything the Supreme Court does because the Supreme Court is right on everything. And yet you praise the the people who stood up against the Dred Scott decision. No, the Supreme Court doesn't know everything. Sometimes that group of nine people get it wrong, very, very wrong. In the end, it is all up to us through the rule of law. So are you for the rule of law or against the rule of law? And here's another one for conservatives. You need to be a lighthouse. Were you for the GM bailouts? When when George Bush said, I had to violate the free market system to save a free market system. Did you say, what? Or did you say, oh, that's great. We're going to have, uh, you know, a good share of uh, GM. I'm thrilled about that. I know I didn't. I, I... I canceled a million-dollar contract with GM. It was the first time GM had ever been on talk radio. I canceled it. I did not make any friends at GM or in the radio business when I canceled it. But I couldn't, I couldn't preach to you free market and then come on the air and say, oh, by the way, and here's a government a subsidy car. I couldn't do it. Now, GM has paid off that debt. They're a, a free company again. Are we celebrating or as a lighthouse? Are you wobbling? Are you now saying right on, Mr. President, you've got to tell them they've got to keep those factory doors open. You've got to tell them they can't make these cuts. You've got to be involved. Which are you? You're not a lighthouse. And that's the only thing that's really, truly going to matter. The only way you can help people say all the time, what can I do? Be a lighthouse, be immovable because the ships are everywhere and they're going to start crashing into each other because chaos is the word of our of our times. Chaos. You must do everything you can to reduce chaos. So you have credibility to help ships come back into harbor easily and safely i'm concerned about these things because i've told you that there is a window that is closing it's it's twofold window one of them is technology i think we're about five years away before technology can close in on us and we may not get out um that's a very pessimistic uh look but it's one that elon musk it believes by 2025 we could be screwed um, maybe not, perhaps not. And I hope that's true, but that's a closing window. The other one is a window that is closing much faster. And that is the economy. When the economy goes South, people generally get a little more testy. We're already testy. Please prepare yourself. I, I sold my house. Uh, and, uh, you know, People can say whatever they want, but
but I had a large house. It was an expensive house. And I think the days of large, expensive houses are over. I think the large, expensive houses today, the 20,000, I wasn't this, but a 20,000 square foot house, those, those days are going, those houses are going the way of, of the Newport, Rhode Island houses, I think. Um, the economy is going to uh, go south. Banking is going to get very tough again, much tougher than it was in 2008. Loans are going to be extremely difficult to get. Don't overspend. Uh, if you're looking to sell your house, sell your house right now. Sell your house right now. There's a story in the Wall Street Journal today. I mean, Texas is doing really well, really well. And the Wall Street Journal came out a couple of days ago and said the housing boom is over and it's beginning in Dallas. That is what the Wall Street Journal is saying. And I uh, just want to thank thank you, Glenn, for moving us here and, and selecting this uh, you're as a welcome. location. Uh, you I, are I, welcome. I love it here. I, yeah. But I did. You know, I, I'm a big believer in renting. I love renting. And you uh, bought a house for I, the first time. Not the first time I've ever bought a house, but down here. I would live, lived here for five or six years before i bought a yeah, house and i didn't want to i just it, circumstances just sort of sort of made it so it was really the only thing i could do at the time mm-hmm. i mean so uh, of course now obviously now is going to be the time that they're going to uh the well it always the turns around boom is going to come to an end uh but yeah i mean it, that's what they're saying i mean you know look there there is some evidence here um you know it's also on the back of a really strong economy and so there's those two things are sort of fighting it out they're saying that the housing market is the thing that is you know 16 of the economy the housing market mm-hmm. uh, and they're saying that that is the one piece of this that's out of step with the others that are doing really well um and the the, the belief is that there is uh there's some there's still a good market for lower priced homes but the higher priced homes are mm-hmm. uh not doing as well mm-hmm. um and i don't know i mean like you never know with this stuff obviously like there was a time in 2000 uh, six where you were saying all this stuff and really nobody believed it i mean that mm-hmm. was the peak of the housing market in mm-hmm. 2007 they were saying hey uh, dow's gonna go to thirty-five thousand, and uh you did not get on that bandwagon and it went down to six uh so it has come I, back i, have, had the a good same, run I have the same feeling that i had in 06 and 07 that it's coming it's around the corner can't tell you when but it's uh, it's we're close we're close enough to where i'm reevaluating absolutely everything and we're due we are due we're for past due. yeah we're due for a downturn here i hope i hope it doesn't happen i think we know we have uh, tariffs are not helping definitely not helping i mean i don't know that they're big enough now to cause no you know a massive collapse no. by themselves no. um but if we go to i mean if we implement all the things that have been pro- proposed this puts us higher than every single industrialized country in the world. Um, and the only one, I mean, if you want to talk about a major country that would be close to us, the only one you can really talk about would be Pakistan. Everything else, I mean, any of the the typical U.S. trading partners you think about are way less, a quarter or a third of what uh, we would be at. Not and those good. are the high market ones. In, in fact, really, the only the only countries that would be ahead of us are isolated island countries like Bermuda and the Bahamas who would have higher rates. Now, hopefully, those things don't get implemented and, and we don't have to deal with that, but that is a real danger. If they do so, get implemented, we're in serious, serious trouble. So I was talking to a, a few people last night and reaching out and asking for advice, people I uh, respect, and I said, where do you put money? Because what is, what is Bitcoin down to today? Jeez, uh, 3662. 
3662. Mm-hmm. Still considerably up from when we uh, first started talking about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I, I get these messages every once in a while like, hey, Bitcoin's down, but I've still made a lot of money. Thank yeah. God I listened to you guys at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it sucks. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary. It's definitely now, scary. Why is that? I talked to uh, Tika Tawari. He's a guy who said it's going to be at 40,000 by the end of the year clearly clearly inaccurate clearly not going to happen i i talked to him uh recently and said so what's the deal he said it's bogus it's this is all bogus everything that is happening is because the the big institutions are talking it down while they're positioning themselves to open up giant trading desks into crypto Mm -hmm. so is that going on i don't know what, yeah. How do you where where would you what do you think is solid ground for investing? I never think there's solid ground to I investing. Um, but I, you know, it depends on your outlook, right? I mean, I don't know where you put your money if you if your outlook is is in the very short term, right? And you look and and you look and say, well, put it in the bank. I don't trust the banks. The banks remember in '08 they changed everything. Put you last. The depositor is now last in the chain. So the bank goes out. They don't have to pay you. They can use your money in your account to pay other bills. They changed that after two thousand eight. That's and, not good. And you, I mean, look, you're you're down this. You're basically Ron Swanson when it comes to this. Uh, you, you've got uh, your ATM card is a shovel that you dig up gold in your backyard. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but you are. I mean, I I think that if you're looking at these things, you know, there are some exciting. You know, there's exciting developments. There's still a lot of and the, the economy is still strong. Looking, the unemployment is is very low. Wage growth is going up. I mean, I'd be concerned too. One of the reasons they're talking about this with the housing market yeah. is that people bought a house a few years ago. Their house price has has increased considerably. Mm-hmm. And uh, what also has happened is interest rates have gone up now. Yes. So now they they're stuck. They're in this house with a great yes. interest rate that they don't think they can get again, and they're probably right. Mm-hmm. And if they go to another house, what they get is a new mortgage with a higher rate where mm-hmm. they get less house for the money. So yes. why leave? And that's one of the things that's hurting the market. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the Palm Beach letter uh, and a little bit about Bitcoin and learning about cryptocurrencies. Oh, was that a commercial? I, was, uh, I didn't realize it was. Yeah, I, was I was starting, oh, into, sorry. I was starting I was just, into one. I just went on a rant. My, my question was not a commercial, but um, <laughs> uh, the smart crypto course, Tanya and I were sitting last night. We were talking about it and we looked. Have you seen Litecoin? It's like 24 bucks. Litecoin. Wow. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I will tell you that uh, you need to understand cryptocurrency. Uh, you need to understand what is what's happening, why it's happening, why blockchain is so important, and why these big, huge companies like Chase are are getting ready to open up giant trading desks when all of a sudden the numbers look like it's worthless. Why would they do that? Go to smartcryptocourse.com. Find out all you can about blockchain and cryptocurrency, and then invest if you want to. Smartcryptocourse.com or 877-PBL-BECK. Smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck. I really want to talk to you more about uh, Bitcoin, Stu, because I, I, I think there's a lot there that we should, uh, we should talk about. Uh, also, uh, we're just not going to get to this. The giant cow. Uh, called Knickers in Australia. Okay. He is as tall as Michael Jordan. Look at this picture. 
Wow. It's this cow that makes all the other huge cows look like they're babies. Yeah. It and is it's just one. It, just one. Uh, it is uh, 76 inches tall, almost seven feet. Uh, it weighs 3,000 pounds. You just don't want to mess with this one. The average cow is 58 inches and weighs 2,200. This is over 3,076 inches. A seven. You imagine walking up to a cow and you're looking up to it like a kid? <laughs> and all of a sudden, first time cows look menacing all of a sudden. Glenn Beck. So, when you're writing a book about football, <laughs> you go right to the guy who knows everything about it, Glenn Beck. That's the first. Uh, the, the, the literary agents say, you got to get on the Glenn Beck program. Number one on the press tour. It's definitely the first stop. Uh, you want to do I it. have a feeling we're not the number one stop, um, but we're thrilled to have a couple of guests uh, talking about the new book, Brainwashed. The Bad Science Behind CTE and the Plot to Destroy Football. Yeah, very cool. Dr. Peter Cummings, who's a board-certified forensic neuropathologist. Neuropath- I'm never going to be able to say pathologist. It. Pathologist. pathologist, thank yeah. you. Uh, and also, of course, Merrill Hodge, who uh, everybody knows, except for Glenn, because Glenn doesn't know <laughs> anything about sports. But yeah. if he did, he would but know. I would look at him in this uh, well-tailored suit and say, you were a professional athlete. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he, he identifies athletes by the fashion. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, by, the, by, the, by the, he has to have that one specially cut because his shoulders are big and his waist is a little <laughs> died easy. He's in good, good shape. Thank you guys for doing this. Yeah. This is uh, this, this is our pleasure. Really interesting topic. The the book brainwashed is, I think, really important from the perspective of it. It it gives a little bit more context into a story uh, that people have followed very uh, very loosely. I think you know. I think I was joking before we came on the air that I you know most people's uh, understanding of this issue starts with Will Smith was a doctor. Um, and Will Smith actually was so, not a doctor. He played that in. A, he was in a right. movie. Um, the movie was Concussion, and I think that's the, set the narrative for CTE and the NFL. So let me let me take this because I'm not a football fan, and I have been following this. I think like the average American who is not a big fan. Okay. So let's start with let's start with this, and I may be below the average American. Here. <laughs> okay, CTE uh, is caused by uh, repeated injury to the head because you guys are knocking heads uh, over and over again. The NFL knew about this. Uh, you know, people are, you know, turning into vegetables. They didn't care. They hid all of this science from people. And now people like you are out. And uh, we don't know if you have. Do you have any of the signs of CTE? Well, they don't know really what the signs are, symptoms are, to okay. be honest. So if we go back to everything that you just mentioned there, actually, we are here because you're global. And this actual message is global. It's not just football. You know, my I, I tell people my first, my son's first uh, concussion ever slipped in a shower. Okay, mm-hmm. now it's four days before his first bowl game ever, but he's now ineligible to play even though the concussion was not in an athletic environment uh. or, say, practice in football. He slipped in a shower. Because for, for for an hour, I was trying to get in a bow. Of all the things that you could have done, <laughs> how did? And he's the best athlete I've ever seen. How did you slip in a shower? Um, but and now he, he can't he, play. He can't play. I mean, that's just. But concussions and head trauma happen all the time. All the time in all kinds of environments. It's not mm-hmm. just an athletic environment. So, 
there are so many things that you said right there, and you say, um, you know, repetitive head injuries cause it. Okay, there's no scientific evidence of that. Um, but in the media, they have they used words like linked, cause. There's not one piece of scientific literature that has those words in it, linked or cause. So None. wait, is there hmm. any... Is there any statistical proof that shows this happens to more football players than the than the average society? Well, the the issue is this, and the questions you're asking are great because they're the same questions we asked each other. You know, I I you know Merrill's a former NFL player, but I grew up loving football, but I banned it in my house because I didn't want my son to play it because I I'd seen this narrative that was being broadcast. And this is your this expertise. Is, and this is my expertise. Right. So when my son became interested in football, um, I took it upon myself to sit down proactively and go through the science and then look at the sport and see how that had changed. And one of the things you start to notice is this this narrative now that is sort of believed that if you play football, you're inevitably going to get concussions. You're inevitably going to get CTE. You're inevitably inevitably going to become suicidal, depressed, anxious and demented. And that just doesn't exist scientifically. If you actually look at the mortality studies that have been done on, and this is NFL players, so it's really hard to bring this back to youth football players because 99% of the football players in this country are not going to play mm-hmm. beyond high school. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that NFL players live longer. They have longer lifespans. They have healthier lifestyles. They have lower rates of, of, of suicide rates and homicide rates that are a fraction of the general population. Hmm. Um, They have arrest rates that are lower than the general population. That's not the image that you you think of. Because it's that you see it on TV and they're superstars. I mean, these are gods to us in our society. So if you you hear it, you would even think that you could explain some suicide from, I mean, people identify with what am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. If you've wanted to play football your whole life and then it's over, you can really go, that could really screw with somebody's head, even if you're not been hit in the head. Well, you know, I try to use this with people to make them understand that. Now, Glenn, I know you've been doing this for a long, long time. Let's just say something happens to you and I'm saying you can never do radio or TV again. You're done. Now, that right there can put you in a depressive state, that transition to, you know, what we call, Chuck Noll was the greatest man I've ever been around, greatest leader and coach. He used to always talk to us about our life's work. He's like, men, it's not football. Yes. You know, get your education, use the relationships. You're going to have to do something else and you're with your life's work. Well, when you transition from football to your life's work, that's not easy for any Anybody. football player. And, the, and I think the more that football was your life, and the more you really worked on your life's work, that bridge over there, the, hard, the the bigger the struggle is, the longer that can take. And then you add the things that we know cause have a, have they have connections with our mental health, uh-huh. cancers, and every cardiovascular disease is drugs, alcohol, opioids, obesity, sugar, inflammation. Those are all lifestyle choices that are scientific evidence they contribute to all of the things that i just mentioned well we control those choices those aren't things like age or genetics mm-hmm. where yeah. nobody control control age nobody can really if there's a genetic link i'm knowing it's good to me so i can be proactive but i can't change my genetics right they are my facts but a majority of all the things that create a lot of the cognitive brain health issues we have stems from all those things i just said drugs alcohol opioids inflammation, sugar, all of those things, which are a lifestyle choice. So, and, and again, excuse me for just being a regular layperson on this, I haven't paid attention, but 
is, are, are you saying that getting hit in the head did not um, uh, in, um, increase the problems with people like Muhammad Ali? Well, I think there's a there's a difference between that because if, if you look kind of historically at, at this CTE science, the first original cases were from the 20s in boxers, and these were guys that boxed all year, and they after they finished their whatever tournament or whatever they were doing their season, they would go box in carnivals. They yeah. would, you know, do mm. sideshows. So it was a constant thing. So we know that there's a, 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 a real thing that happens with boxers. It has to be. And it's been really well described in the literature. And, and there's, a, you know, so if you want to bring it up to football, I mean, nobody's going to say that hitting your head is okay. One mm-hmm. time or a hundred times. And you know, we mm-hmm. do a lot of things to try to prevent that. In people. But that's not the same as boxing. That's not the same as boxing. And so if you look at the boxing population of people and what their brains kind of look like when they looked at them in the autopsies versus what the football players' brains look like, they have different pathologies in them. And there are some people in Europe and Britain that say, you know, CTE doesn't exist outside of boxing. The Americans are cuckoo. You know, so we're not really sure. And Merrill has said it so perfectly a million times, I'm going to steal his line, that with CTE, we don't know what causes it, and we don't know what it causes. And I think that is where, where the science is right now. And you know something that I, I think, it was the really the final spark that drove this book, is when I went from neuropathologists and neuropathologists in this country and Canada, and they all kept coming back to, guys, we don't, it's an observation state. We do not know anything beyond that. We have cases where they never played football. We have cases where they have yeah. no history of head trauma. They never played sports. I'm like, well, time out. If you have cases where you didn't even play sports and they have this pattern and they had no history of head trauma, how can we only hear about football ones and sports ones? And now people think it's only in that arena when we have all these colors, uh, cases outside that arena. And that's when the discrepancy of what science really says versus what we see in the media was so grotesquely off that I just believe people needed all the information to understand the science to help them with the choices that they're making with their families and their kids. Okay, so let me take a break, and then we can come back in, because the the name of the book is Brainwashed. Uh, And the second part of it, The Plot to Destroy Football. So let's talk about the media and their role and the, quote, plot to destroy football kind of a a heavy charge when we come back in just a second first our sponsor this half hour is goldline boy oh boy uh i've been saying all day today because i I really sat down and really did some uh, homework over the last few weeks on the uh on the economy and the things that uh, are happening now with this trade war with china what happened yesterday uh, not only with China, where the president is saying we're going to put you know ten to twenty percent tariff on Apple, that's not really good at all. Uh, also, GM, what's going to happen to the economy? We've got to be more careful uh, on uh, on what we're doing, and the economy is is uh, having some some uh, difficulty in the long term. Right now, it might feel good, but in the long term, it's a little dicey. What are you going to do with your money? What are you going to do to protect yourself? I look at gold as an insurance policy, not as an investment. It's been a good investment for me, but it's that's not what I buy it for. I buy it as an insurance policy against madness. The world occasionally goes mad. 
and it always destroys its own money. It destroys its banking system, and then it starts all over again, and it always returns to gold. It's the thing that has value. It's been this way since the beginning of time. You find it in the Bible. Okay, so what do you do? I hope I have it, and I hope to never, ever have to use it. I hope to pass it on to my kids so they have it as an insurance policy. If you don't have an insurance policy against global insanity, think again. Call Goldline now, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure that gold or silver is right for you. But it's right for me and my family, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. We're talking to uh, NFL great Merrill Hodge and Dr. Peter Cummings about their new book, Brainwashed. And we were, it's about CTE and the NFL and, and what's true and what isn't. Um, I did an interview with Dr. David Chow from uh, San Diego. He's a former head doctor of the San Diego Chargers and, and now does a lot of NFL in, in, uh, injury stuff. And I, I, talking to him was fascinating because it was the first exposure I ever had to any skepticism from the idea that you go in the NFL, you get CTE. That's pretty much what the media says. Right. And he said, there's much more that we don't know about CTE than we do know. Uh, he sure. talked about, is this true? I mean, is it is it... Uh, you know hereditary is it uh other people in other sports and other professions what do we know what is the actual facts well let me just tell you this and and dr cummings will will build on this in a much better way but when you start when i ask these neuropathologists about you know the pattern since it's an observation state you don't know what causes it you don't know what it causes and they start sharing all of these cases where you know, they find the pattern in somebody who never played football, you know, never had a history yeah. of concussion, never had a head trauma. There's a four-month-old and a one-year-old that have they've found the pattern in. Well, right there, you, you can't obviously blame sports or football. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting in some of the literature, like and even the science papers, if you read the science papers, they are there's clarity there, too, that they don't know. They well, say it a hundred you- times in the paper. We don't know. We don't know. But those people who wrote the paper are the ones that are in the media giving you the quotes where, oh, I got to believe everybody has this that's played football. How is it that you Hmm. because didn't you earlier say we don't even know really what it is? You you don't know. I mean, how do you what are the symptoms? Nobody knows. Science hasn't been able to get that answer yet. So how do we know what you know when you say babies had it? How do we know if there's no set of good question? Uh, There's um, a. Outside in the, the kind of football world, CTE papers, there's, there's, and this is something you touched on a second ago, the voices of skepticism. When I started this journey for myself, you know, I thought it was Don Quixote swinging at windmills. Mm-hmm. You know, like, am I the only person that sees that this isn't matching up? And that's not how you started. That's not how I started. Yeah, I started yeah. with not wanting my kid to even watch football on TV. Mm-hmm. So when I started doing some research on my own, um, looking these papers up, I found people like Dr. Chow, who's a fantastic guy. We've talked a couple of times. Uh, and I found out that, you know, a lot of the people, majority of the people in my neurotrauma world feel the same way I do, have the same opinion that I have about this. And so they're, one of the things we try to talk about in this book is try to show that research that's out there that contradicts a lot of the things that we've taken to be truth about CTE. So when you start looking, you find these cases of people who have never played football that have CTE, like this one epilepsy case series that had um, a one-year-old, a uh, four-month-old, I think two one-year-olds. You know, how do they have? And this, they die. They were temporal lobe resections. They take out a piece of temporal lobe out of mm-hmm. their brains, 
and you look at them under the microscope for this protein tau, which which we all have. It's a normal protein that helps stabilize nerve cells. But if something happens to the nerve cell, the tau becomes uh, what's called hyperphosphorylated. A lot of phosphate groups get stuck on it. It gets sticky. And um, so they found this same pattern in these children and in, in all of the epileptic cases that they looked at um, who had never played contact sports. So when you start looking at these cases and you have to say, well, in, did, does, did they even have symptoms of CTE or what we think may be symptoms of CTE? And they didn't. So we haven't been able to figure any of that out yet in science. All we know is we have this pattern. And like I said, we don't know what causes it and we don't know what it causes. Well, there's a lot of money at stake uh, for, you know, uh, for, uh, against the NFL. Um, the NFL is spending a lot of money to try to try to help well, people along are they not actually but see the nhl and the nfl have already settled so like people ask me this well what, what will nfl players say about your book i'm like wouldn't they want wouldn't you want to know the truth i mean at the end of the day wouldn't yeah. you want to know all of mm-hmm. the facts mm-hmm. everything somebody to do the work and explain it to you and then listen i'm not telling you to like football i'm not telling you um well how you should change your mind i'm just asking you to open your mind to all of the information you use it how you want well the settlement for nhl and nfl is done now people don't know it's settled with unsettled science the science is not confirmed one way or the other they just settled so this has no bearing on it the nfl got nailed a billion dollars that billion dollars is for um players and health issues cognitive health issues which is i could do a whole nother show on just how much money is going to be sitting there going to waste when it could go to other things that were football related Hmm. and the nhl did the same thing so it's over so this is not going to change any of that. Then I can't go back to court and go, hey, we read the, read the book Brainwashed, and I think we've got make them prove the science before we settle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because nobody can prove the science. That's just mm-hmm. the problem. You can't prove it because there's no science there for it. But being just settled. Um, so if it, it done, doesn't affect any of that, no. your, your main motivation for writing the book is? Families, kids, kids, my passion for kids, my passion for youth football. That's why I went – in 2009, I, I was the first person, player, coach, parent, dad, that stood in front of Congress and go, listen, my career ended because of this in 90, 1994. We changed what we do in the NFL. Okay, that, This is 2009. I'm in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. We're doing stuff in the NFL, NCAA. 99% of our football players are ages 8 to 18, and we're doing nothing there. Let's establish a protocol. And actually, what I challenged them to do with all of sports because what I'd found out, even to that point, I'd been implementing a head trauma protocol in my youth program for years, that if we do these things, if your son or daughter has any type of head trauma in any environment, do the one thing that's most important. Remove them from that environment and don't let them return. If you just do that. So your son's never showered? And <laughs> you know what? That is, that's a great point. You know, it's, a, it's a humor side, but a, a realistic one. It, it could happen anywhere in our yeah, life. So yeah, wouldn't yeah, it be yeah. better to know about it? Yeah. So you remove them. And you know what? Evaluate them. If you need to get them to a neuropathologist or a medical professional to be evaluated before they return to that activity, that's the best thing and safest thing you can do for your kids. So at least do that for them. So that's why I went to Congress. Can we do that? Can we get it a protocol to really help? create a safer environment for our kids when they're being active. Hmm. It, it's fascinating, too. I think well, I'm going to talk to him about that shower deal. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way they've gone after the NFL, I think, has been interesting in this because the way they portray it is this doctor from Nigeria comes up, he discovers this, goes to the NFL, proves it to them. They ignore it because they want money. 
Now, in reality, they have some of the top doctors there. There was disagreement at the time and still is to some, to some level. But, <laughs> not to some level. There seems to be a lot. Major, ma- major disagreement. But is it, was there a time that they didn't act fast enough? Did, did they slow play this at all? Well, here's where you... you my, actually, my career and my history is interwoven in all of yeah. those people. Dr. Maroon and Dr. Lovell were the, par, the first group of doctors to ever do cognitive testing in 1991 mm. before any neuropathologist, neurologist in the world was even thinking of doing something like that for sports wow. because Chuck Knoll challenged them to give him subjective and objective information, not just one, give me two. That's why that mm-hmm. test was created. 30 well, seconds you, here before we okay, go. If you, my, if you look at my career, what they got nailed for it was not reacting quick enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they're hiding stuff, and I, they just choose. They didn't react fast enough. They didn't get the cognitive test established quick enough. It wasn't like they knew something that everybody right. else. It's not didn't like know. the tobacco industry. Nothing like. That. Okay, so let's get into what they did know and the press and how this has all been spun uh, uh, when we come back. There's a new book called Brainwashed, the bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. The author's uh, Meryl uh, Hodge. Hodge. Hodge uh, you knew you were going to say that right now. I always do. You do it every, every, every my time. ancestors when I see him. Uh, <laughs> Just put and, a D in there. Come on. And, uh, and Peter Cummings, uh, who is a uh, board-certified forensic neuropathologist. Uh, they've been studying CTE. You are, Meryl, you're one of the first people that were, were going through cognitive testing with the NFL back in the right. early 90s. Um, there's one part of this, the plot to destroy football. Plot is a pretty heavy word. Is it a plot well, to destroy football? If you look at, I'll just give you one, one, one example. We were just talking about how you can have a, some type of head trauma. We, we, we mm-hmm. jokingly about my son slips in a shower, okay, Thanksgiving, I watch a seven-year-old crawl under a coffee table and try to get out too soon. Boom, cracks his yeah. head, cuts his head open. So, you know, can have car accident, wheel sports across mm-hmm. the board. They got legislation in California to ban tackle football till age 14. Now, you can still box at age eight, MMA fight at age eight. Jeez. You can play soccer, lacrosse, every other contact sport. Why would you just single out football in five different states? There's no scientific evidence whatsoever that contact sports or contact activities, wheeled sports, jumping on trampolines, having pillow fights, being a kid, living life, being active, has ever caused a de- a development issues in our younger age later in life. There's no scientific evidence of that. They have none of that, so why would you target this, that? Why would you bring that legislation to any state with no scientific evidence whatsoever? And if you really say, well, we care about kids. Why aren't you doing it for all sports? Why aren't you doing it? Yeah, especially yeah. boxing. I mean, boxing oh, is MMA, so much. Yeah, MMA, yeah, MMA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's so clear that you're getting punched in the face. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. Let's punch somebody in the head. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Still, Until they knock, they're knocked out. Right. Hello. And then in boxing, they do the right thing, and they remove them and don't let them box again. I'm like, okay, well, case what? You don't have – that is the objective there. Mm-hmm. So when, like, all of that is excluded, you have to ask the people, what are you doing? What's, what's the, your purpose? What's the motivation there? Because I mean, I think part of it, you know, the t- football gets targeted because you know, f- science, health, food reporting is worse than even we complain about political bias and reporting all the time. But the science and, and health reporting is worse. I think the media is terrible oh. at doing this, and so I think because it's you know, there's a Will Smith movie out there. You know, I mean, there's all this. 
momentum. As soon as it gets into the zeitgeist, it's over. Yeah, right. and that's why is that why football is targeted? Is there some other reason why they think? Well, with us, we've done some uh, interviews with the media, and we talk. We have this conversation. Okay, listen, why? Why do you keep bringing? Like people keep wanting to bring back the NFL. They kind of keep circling back the NFL. Sir, I go. I didn't write the book for the NFL. It has nothing to do about the NFL. Other than my career is intertwined there, and mm-hmm. I can tell you the truth about everything. And they would literally say to us, because it's the big ticket. I said, what are you talking about? So ignore all of the true facts that you're sending to the people who read you or listen, read your stuff or listen to you. Forget giving them all the truth and all the information. You're going to circle and keep targeting football because it's the big ticket? I mean, to me, that's just a, a grotesque abuse of your journalistic I, I have lack to, of skills. It's, it's, it's also uh, a misread, I think, of of who people really are yes the nfl is an interesting story but are you going to play are you going to let your kids play football yes or no is something that all of us have to deal with whether that football player or that football player have cte in their life and they've been screwed by somebody in the nfl that's not affecting me right but i know in my family are we going to let are we going to let you know our son play football? Your family yeah. going to play football? That's something we all deal with, right? Well, and you, you know, both dealt with it too, right? And I'm going to tell you this: people ask me that, you know, like they ask me, were you surprised at what you found when I went on the journey? Because listen, I went on there with a headline, but I have great connections, relationship. I was, it didn't make sense to me. The numbers don't add up. I've played in the NFL. I go to NFL alumni events all the time. There's hundreds of NFL, former NFL players in their 60s, 70s, 80s. We just had three pass away here in the last month, late 80s, early 90s. Mm. Um, I mean, that's played back in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s when you couldn't even drink water. You're considered <laughs> soft, okay? Right. Yeah. Plastic helmets. And so the quest to find out really the truth of it, I was actually more shocked than I thought that – how uncertain they were with everything and all these cases that, that existed outside of sports. But it did make me think, because they asked the follow-up question, if I'd have found out the opposite. Had I found out the opposite, I'd have pulled my son out of football immediately. I'd have ripped him out of football that second if I really thought hmm. this had anything to do with it. Because hey, you're putting even Absolutely. more than your money where your yeah, mouth is this here. Is, I mean, this yeah. is your kids. Yeah. Right, and you're doing the same thing. thing. That's why you got you as a doctor into this. Right, and I, I, the same thing. If, if I had felt for one second that there was enough information there to keep my kid from playing football i'd be screaming this from the top of a mountain you know but i found the opposite and merrill touched on an interesting point of his nfl alumni friends there have been a number of studies um, from some big universities like mayo and vanderbilt that have followed football players for 50 years after high school careers and i mean hundreds of them and found that they don't have any increased risk of dementia parkinson's disease Mm. als uh, or any mm. of these things we think you're going to get from playing football. They did find, they compared them to, to athletes that didn't play football, and they also compared them to band uh, members and members of Glee Club. And I think the highest rate of dementia was actually in the clarinet players. That makes sense, though. It yeah. does. does make I mean, sense. you're taking up the clarinet, yeah, you're right. like, there's something wrong with you. There's it. my next book, Band yeah. Clarinet. <laughs> but it's interesting, though, because I mean, some of these studies, when you're talking about life expectancy, show that baseball players have shorter lives than Absolutely. football players, which, again, you, you wouldn't, you, people would not think that. But the science is the science. And, you know, you, you want to look at it with an honest eye and get out of the, the media sort of. Uh, firestorms about these things and it doesn't seem that a lot of people are able to do that especially when you're making a decision about your kids right, right. that's emotional yeah. yeah people get emotional it's, so it's got to be tough for you Merrill, because your son can't play you you just said 
You're one of the best athletes I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, he gets a concussion from slipping in the shower. He now can't play. He was quarterback. Right. Right. Yep. Um, so you've got it's got to be a, a double whammy to you because you're like, oh my God, this isn't even true. Yeah. Well, he came well, back, though. He right. came back. Yeah, he yeah. comes back yeah. and plays. But based on when he got the concussion, he couldn't yeah. play because it was four days before the game. Oh, okay. uh, so that's why okay. he couldn't play. Oh, okay. So that's just the proper protocol in place. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That's why I talk about we've been playing football for nearly 100 years. And if I said to a family, when would be the best time for your kids to be active and involved in sports? If you didn't say today, based on protocols, treatments, therapies, equipment, instruction, and rules, if you did, you are extremely uninformed. If you picked the 90 up to this last yeah. 10, yeah. you're uninformed. Because they have made major improvements, oh, right? You, not just in protocols, but the equipment as well. It's not, listen, when I retired, one of those, I was in intensive care, and I remember somebody telling me, a NASCAR helmet's better than that football helmet you had on. And I said, well, A, why? And B, why aren't we wearing NASCAR helmets? Mm-hmm. They're like, a NASCAR helmet's meant to absorb impact. It's got to withstand one car accident. Mm-hmm. So you got to get rid of that helmet or it's probably going to be mm-hmm. Football helmets are meant to withstand impact. Our helmets today are absorb and deflect impact. So no, there's no concussion-proof helmet. That's not what I'm saying. But the technology in the protection and how we go about playing. And if you do have head trauma, we do something about it now. And there's treatments and therapies that they do for you to help heal your brain so that you return back in a safer environment and a better healthy environment. Mm. That's exciting stuff. But we don't hear that because of a headline that is still under the attention that the science can't back. I remember a headline, and I don't even know if this is true. I remember a headline that said rugby players don't have this problem. And they were saying that it's because of the technology of the NFL, the NFL, that it makes you more willing to really go for it because you know you're protected, and so it gives you a a false sense of security. Is there anything to rugby players? And well, they they found it in rugby players, and they found it with the CTE pattern in rugby players, soccer players, or you know European football players. Um, the interesting thing about about rugby, though was um, that was an inspiration for a lot of rule changes. And that's something else that a lot of parents don't know about. And I was completely ignorant of rule changes in football when I started out with this. I didn't just read the science papers. I went to USA Football. I went to Pop Warner. I wanted to know what they were doing, even if there was a slightest risk. Mm -hmm. How are we improving the game to account for this? When we don't know, let's do something proactive. So when he started, the rugby-style tackling became a really big uh, popular thing. Because when I grew up in Maine, we didn't have a... We were in a kind of low-income town, and we didn't have a youth football team until I was like in seventh or eighth grade. But we played morning, noon, and night out in the playground mm-hmm. and without equipment tackling. Mm-hmm. And nobody got hurt. We're not knowing at the time, but we were using rugby-style tackling of wrapping somebody up, pulling them down. Mm-hmm. So you kind of learned that technique on your own, but that was a big inspiration for some of the techniques that are being used and taught now in football where we did have a, a situation where because we had this great equipment that the helmet became a weapon mm-hmm. and people were launching into players and, right. and trying to get that out of the game when we learn more about safety. So rugby has, has been a bit of an inspiration for football. So the name of the book is Brainwashed. If you are thinking about uh, whether or not your kids should uh, play in football and, and maybe even shower, uh, maybe even <laughs> shower, shower. Uh, or if, you know, um, even perhaps even more likely if your wife is saying, I don't want him to play football <laughs> and uh, you 
you want to back it up with the facts that it's it's not so bad. Uh, Brainwashed is the name of the book. Bad science behind CTE and the plot to destroy football. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank, well, thank you, you guys. for your work. This was awesome. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. And thanks for uh, thanks for uh, setting it straight for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah that's about about the kids. Thank you. All right, that's great. Thanks, you know, I had a, I had a mom come up to me and say, you know, who long time ago before I started this and say, my cut my son wants to play football. Uh-oh. What am I going to mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. You know, I explained to me why you let your son play, and so we had the conversation and. And she comes back the next year, and he's, oh, he's playing football. It's great. We're a football family. We love it. And the best thing is he's showering every day now. <laughs> That's the big motivation for sports for parents. It's just to get the kids to shower for once. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, the sponsor of this half hour is uh, is Relief Factor. Relief Factor is something, and we've been talking a lot about sports injuries. I know Glenn has a lot of old sports injuries because he's such oh an gosh. athlete. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> my days in the NFL before we even had helmets. Right. <laughs> but it's it's funny because now with small kids, you know, I'm, I'm playing. I swear more sports now than I, than I did when I was a kid because you're out there all the time throwing the ball around with them. It hurts, doesn't it? And it winds up. It's not as easy <laughs> yeah. as it was when I was a kid. It hurts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of inflammation comes from that. Yeah. And, it, and a lot of people who go through their whole lives working their butts off to get to a point where they can play outside with their kids and enjoy life a little bit and their grandkids deal with these big pain issues so here's the thing relief factor it's 100 percent natural and it it's it's the four main ingredients and what it does is it reduces inflammation and that's the source of most of our pain um and uh and and there's a there's not a cure for it, but there is absolute relief, and it's called Relief Factor. You take it three times a day, 100% natural, uh, and, and it really works. I've been taking it for about a year now. Couldn't live uh, like the way I was living before. Now my pain is so greatly reduced, I can handle it. It's Relief Factor. They've got an easy way for you to try it out. Uh, it's a three-week trial pack, nineteen ninety-five. Give it a shot. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more. It says a lot. If you want your life back, give them a try. It's, an, uh, it's a natural way to ease your pain. ReliefFactor.com is the place to go. ReliefFactor.com. Glenn Beck. So I want to give a plug to uh, something that 99% of America, if not more, cannot appreciate. But I'm giving a plug because I want you to find a place like this. Uh, for the last couple of years, we bought our Christmas tree up in uh, a place by the, by the ranch. It's, it's in Petersboro, Utah, and it's called Adams Acres. And we drive at least an hour to get there. And we can go get a tree anyplace else. But we found this place uh, a couple of years ago, and it's run by a family, and oh, the kids are out, the, the, the parents are there, the grandparents were there, uh, and they're all working the farm. And it was just this, this idea. We wanted to do something as a family that w- would last, and so we decided to do a tree farm. They didn't know what they were doing, and they were like, oh, this is a lot bigger job than we thought it was. They opened it up a couple of years ago, and it is just, it's like walking into It's a Wonderful Life. Really? Yeah, it's just this normal, really cool family that are, the kids are so nice. I bought a 10-foot blue spruce, $60. Oh, my God. $60. (laughs) That is not the price around the country. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, it's not. But uh, anyway, go find a Don't go to the Home Depot or whatever. Go find a tree lot. Go find a tree farm. Uh, You know, we go out and we cut the tree down. When I say we, Rafe cuts the tree. (laughs) uh, And it's uh, it's just so much better. Now, warning. 
The trees look smaller out on a tree farm than they do in your house. Hmm. So you're Clark W. Griswold, so basically. I, uh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to help pick out the trees, and my wife kept saying, "That's a Johnny Brad tree. That's a Johnny Brad tree." Okay. Well, yeah, it it's also will fit in the house. And we bought we bought this tree, and it was a great tree, but uh, it's not a Charlie Brown tree. And had to cut like a lot of it. <laughs> well, if we cut the back part of this off, we can we can put it up here next to the wall. The last time I had a real tree, which was a few years ago, they we had it. it you know, get over time, it dries out a little bit. It was one of those that you, no matter how much water you put in, yeah. it just kept drying out. And I had to saw all the branches off to get it out of the house. Oh my gosh! So I, I was. Oh, it hurts. It was. It sucked. It was embarrassing, yeah. and uh, you know. I just, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I could not get it to, so I, I could a, not get it figured out. I have a friend who put it into a bucket of water and put miracle Grow in it, just dumped miracle Grow in it. It grew roots. Really? Yeah. Grew roots. They planted it. <laughs> That's <laughs> thinking, fantastic. We should plant this thing. We're putting miracle Grow. I don't, I can't imagine that works, but it did for them. I'm putting a bunch of miracle Grow in that thing. We'll plant it, but I, we have to make a, a pact with the family that we don't cut it down again. Can you imagine? It's like the tree would be like, and oh, then every right. Christmas I just heal, <laughs> and every Christmas they come and cut me up again. It's like you're fishing and you just keep pulling the same fish <laughs> yeah. out of the water. It's like, okay, okay, come on. It's Pick your on fault. somebody else. It's your fault. It's a little lure. Stop going after it, you moron. <laughs> it's not a real worm. Stop trying to eat it. <sighs> It's a long lesson we have to learn as fish. All right. Uh, Today on the 5 o'clock TV show, you don't want to miss it at The Blaze. It is the truth about the border. We, We take the truth and expose the media and those who are not telling you the truth. Bit by bit, very surgical. Today, 5 o'clock, a show you do not want to miss. The Blaze TV. Beck. Mercury. 